Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Alexander Hagerup, co-founder and CEO at Vic.ai, V-I-C.ai. Alexander, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here today. Yeah, looking forward to talking shop here, finance and accounting. But first, before we do that, let's dive into your background. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, I grew up in Norway. My mom was an accountant. She had her own accounting firm. So both my parents were small business owners and uh, were working for themselves. And, and uh, yeah, my mom taught me how to do credits and debits. And we had a computer real early. So, so I sort of got into accounting and, and got a fascination for, for accounting and, and numbers and, and, and finance in general. So I grew up with that. And then I studied finance and accounting. Back in Norway, it was it was my bachelor. I didn't complete it though. The, the the sort of the last few exams of the last years, yeah, I didn't do because I had a I'd already started the company. I was growing faster than 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 I could manage both things at the same time. So naturally, I chose the the startup instead of of school. But but I did most of it, and I I have some sort of background from that. And and yeah, then I built a couple of startups in in Norway. So we can maybe get back to that but that's my general general background and, and and sort of always been on the path of starting companies since i was 15. oh that's great so startup sounds like serial entrepreneur and i love the finance accounting background mom teaching you debits and credits that per, that's perfect i try to get my kids on spreadsheets and do a little finance but they refuse at this point so maybe maybe later maybe later so well love that background so yeah tell us what products and services does vic ai offer yeah, I'll tell you how we, how we, how we thought about what mm -hmm. to build here. So I was both both myself and my co-founder. We were involved in a cloud accounting and ERP platform, and think of them as the equivalent of NetSuite or Intact for the U.S. market. So we were involved there over over many years, and we ended up IPOing that company. But through those years that we were there, and obviously having the background of understanding accounting and finance really well. We, we observed accounting at scale, 30, 40,000 customers on that platform, hundreds of accounting firms using that platform to provide the accounting services. And we're sort of observing all of this. And, and what, what became very obvious to us eventually was that accounting is performed in, in a similar fashion throughout the world. And essentially, it's a lot of accounting transactions and they need to find their way to the ledger. And in between that transaction and the ledger, you have a set of humans, and then you have rules and some software. And we were sort of thinking back in 2014 and 2015, how can we fundamentally change that? Will that fundamentally change ever? And you, you had just had a bunch of AI breakthroughs, and, and there was this renew, renewed interest. It was the previous renewed interest in AI. Now we have a new one. And, and we were really fascinated by, by what you could accomplish with AI. And you, you need this level of non-deterministic decision-making in, in accounting to make it work. And, and we really thought that AI could be the solution to that. And, and, and sort of that's how we got started. So the, the, the thought about Vic AI was always to accomplish two things. One is to build autonomous algorithms for accounting processes and autonomous meaning that the AI system is able to do it end-to-end -end without human 
intervention and it knows it's it, it has a confidence interval so it sort of knows when it's confident enough to do something accurately if it's not confident enough it'll it'll turn to to a human for help so building autonomous accounting processes is is one and then the second one is intelligence which is all about the financial insights that you can get from processing all of the accounting data so those were the two pillars that we started vki on and then We've been very true to getting good at one thing. And, and we started, we looked at all of the accounting processes and then we dialed in on the accounts payable process, which is a, a rather large and complex accounting process. And we said, let's do this one as the beachhead. Let's solve that really well. Probably I'm biased, but I think we're doing this uh, you know, at, at a really high level, probably the, the best AI platform for this in the world. And, and use that as a beachhead. So the accounts payable process is the one that we've honed in on. We've done that for about six years. We have thousands of, of, of companies on the platform. And over the next three years, we're on, on this journey to broadening that platform into more and more accounting processes and skills, essentially. And we do think that eventually you'll, you'll have an accounting AI that, that will consist of different accounting AI agents that will be able to perform most of the accounting processes autonomously. So that's that's what we're up to. Okay, yeah, great. And let's dive into that a little bit. Of course, but we both have finance and accounting backgrounds. So first focusing on the accounts payable process. So I don't want to assume here. So really, you're trying to make this as hands-off as possible. So like you said, the two things you're trying to accomplish, the autonomous accounting process with that focus on AP to have the platform do as much work as possible. If it can, it kicks it over to a person. Is, is that is that sound right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and our, our, the, the, our software thesis for building the technology is instead of building software for humans to work in, we're building software or technology that does the work. So that's the thesis of which we are developing the software, which is uh, pretty different from all traditional legacy software platforms out there. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because we know accounting is, is can be plain old transactions, but hundreds, thousands of transactions flowing through your general ledger and AP is a big part of that. So AP, the focus now, are you looking at any other areas of the accounting process to expand into? Yeah, absolutely. All of them, essentially. All of them, yeah. So yeah, all of them. So, so if you break it down into first principle, I, I think we're almost there where theoretically AI can play a really significant part in all of them. The, the challenge with accounting specifically is that every company has their own little flavor of it. So of course, every company has their own general ledger, they have their own dimensions, but they also have their own interpretations of how to use a cost account and how to classify you know, a person to GNA or to cost of sales or, you know, so everyone, there's so many details and so many permutations of this. And, 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 and the system really needs to adapt to all of those in, in a very scalable way, which has been a, a part of the, the, the challenge uh, that, that we've overcome now. But, but you can then sort of multiply that with all of the different type of accounting processes. All of them have their different permutations and, and nuances per company. And it becomes a complex task to put that all together. But I think at the fundamental level, the technology more or less exists at this point. To puzzle this together and i think over the next few years it's, it's just a lot about puzzling it together and making it work robustly in production 
and I, I've been waiting to ask this, this question. It's the perfect time. What do you think, what's the state of AI with accounting right now? You know, obviously we're just in the beginning, but, you know, you see social media, different posts and, you know, the AI influence on this, this, and this, and all these tools with AI built into it, but just the general accounting profession, whether it's audit or, you know, just focus corporate accounting, closing the books, where, where are we with AI improving our accounting process, our financial close process? Yeah, I, I think it's still early. I think... VKI has been one of very few companies that have actually been developing true AI and getting the performance to a level where you have very high accuracy and even levels of autonomy. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of other companies that, that have been able to do that. And I think you'll have a rush of them now. And I think also a lot of them will figure out that it's harder than, than what they think. You can make nice demos and prototypes, but then actually getting it to work at at complex in a complex real life environment at high accuracy is another is another thing so i think we're still early although we've been doing this for quite some time so specifically for the invoice processing or accounts payable process it's it's already here but i think if you look at as it as a whole i think that getting all of these different processes whether you have one platform like vki trying to do many things or if you you use you know, the, the best AR or the best close process, I think that you're pretty far still from, from having AI meaningfully contribute to, to the process. Um, however, in accounts payable, it, it already does because we have customers that, that, that have amazing numbers and accuracy. Yeah. And tell me, so I, you know, I run an annual tech stack report for SAS and asked a question one year on, you know, AP or ER automation. And there's a lot of confusion and, you know, where someone would submit a response and really that's AP, not AR and just that confusion back and forth. So what, is there a software category that defines Victor AI? Would you consider it just AP automation in general or something more than that? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's we 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 think of this as we think of our company not as an accounts payable company, but but currently that is our main skill from the AI. Mm -hmm. That's the main use case that we that we solve. And the the continuation of the platform is to go much broader than that. And then I think you 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 probably will have new categories being created. And I think specifically. If we, if we go maybe three, five, maybe 10 years ahead, you'll have categories where, you know, even like parts of your business will largely be run by AI. And obviously it will be an augmentation platform for the humans that are ultimately, you know, taking advantage of that and making the decisions and so on. But I think some of this, these categories may change uh, a little bit. And also as platforms do more than just one thing. So you may either put us in many categories or there will be some new categories here yeah. which is truly sort of AI autonomy for business functions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, I could talk finance and accounting forever here, especially on the tech side, but tell me what, what year did you found uh, Vic AI? In 2017, early 2017. Yeah. So we okay. had already played around with things for a, a, mm -hmm. a few years before then, but that was the incorporation. And uh, okay, so founded 2017, and do you have a headquarters location? Yes, it's always been in New York. Okay. We have a, an office in Manhattan down in Meatpacking District. 
So, but we're, we're a quite remote team. So we were, we were more centralized in the office pre COVID than we are mm -hmm. now, but, but yeah, but it's, it, it's still uh, one of my favorite places to go. I love being in the office when I'm in New yeah. York. Yeah. New York's a lot of fun. And what's your current team size? We are just about a hundred people. hundred people. Okay. And anything you want to share around revenue ranges, AR ranges? We typically don't share the revenue ranges, but we've gotten to, to, to us, you know, a good scale or a serious C company at this point with a hundred people. So that probably gives some sort of range yeah. indications. We'll, we'll leave it at that for now. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And so tell us a little bit about your go-to-market motion and really interested what kind of customers are you reaching out to, you know, companies, service providers? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about go-to-market and then that ideal customer profile that you're after. Yeah, for sure. So it's been a journey for us. We, mm -hmm. we started deliberately working with accounting firms. So as service provider, type of, of uh, platform where they were using VKI for their customers. And it was always a stepping stone to get into mid-market and enterprise. And a couple of years ago, we started to shift the majority of our go-to-market motion to mid-market and enterprise. It's focused on, on uh, North America primarily. We have business mm -hmm. in, in Europe as well, since we were founded in, in Northern Europe. Um, but the primary focus is North America. And we usually work with companies that are a few hundred million dollars in revenue and upwards. Mm -hmm. uh, there's technically no upper limit, but there's always mm -hmm. this sweet spot in your go-to-market motion when uh, companies get too large, the sales cycle gets too long, the implementation gets too complex. So, you know, there's always a, a work in progress moving up market, but we, we, we generally have quite large customers uh, on, on average. And one of the reasons for that is, is the larger the company, the more benefit they get from the AI, the more, the more ROI from, from efficiencies and, and, and reduced error rates, you know, faster turnaround times, duplicate payments, fraud, all of this is just sort of your volume in, in dollars and transactions are larger. The, the value you get is, is, is larger as well. But we've found a good way to produce really good value for smaller companies as well. Uh, we don't do SMB, but mid-market and some lower mid-market companies uh, are definitely uh, moving off of legacy platforms onto VKI. And we've tried to center in on a couple of, of verticals just to, to, to have more sort of references in one one vertical understanding the space there are certain adaptations to the software that are unique for each vertical and and we're, we're we, we have a lot of customers in the real estate sector in hospitality retail professional technical services and and, and a few others okay all right yeah that makes a lot of sense and then you mentioned previously series c companies so how much capital have you raised to date I think it's just around a hundred million. Okay. All right. And I saw the series B was about 50. So did you just recently raise a series C then? Yeah, it was last year in okay. September or October. Okay. All right. Maybe that was, I was thinking that was a series B. So that maybe that was the, the 50 million series C that you raised. 
Yeah, we did. We did actually. I think our our Series B was that amount as well. So they were oh, both okay. around the same amount. So you could have read okay. either, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was approximately fifty each. And then we we we've had a seed round and a Series A round before that. Okay. And, you know, for other founders who are going through that fundraising journey, and obviously, you know, a lot of capital raised there. So tell us, what did that journey look like and those triggers or milestones that led you to each of those raises? And of course, that that could be like a huge question, but how did yeah. you think about those raises? You know, you know, initially, maybe it's to fund the product development, but it also depends on the tech. Maybe it's a you know, intensive R&D effort. So tell us a little bit about that fundraising journey. Yeah, I, and I think we've we've really had amazing investors along this journey. So our first seed round was with a firm called Cowboy Ventures, and and this was really pre-product, and this was in 2017. So the the seed round was was small back then, and 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 anyways, it it did fund the initial initial prototyping and producing. We were we were all we already had algorithms that were sort of working we just didn't have user interface the apis to actually create the the full experience but the the the, the folks over at cowboy understood the value of this in a future future world and they were really early so we spent a couple of years building out a product and getting it to market with with accounting firms and and then we we got to the point where we had to raise our series a to continue scaling that and and we we met the guys at GGB, and they were really forward looking in understanding a vision that was five to ten years ahead, and been really supportive of our of our journey. And it is capital intensive because we're building we're building a software business, but then we're also building an AI business, and 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 you need to you sort of need to build both at the same time. So you have this additional. R&D and machine learning team. And then you have the complexities of having that incorporated or, or even sort of informing how the rest of the software development works. So it is more complex, but then at the end of the day, the, the, the gross margin and the value that you're creating for the customer is, is higher than from traditional software. So you, you, you get it back in that sense. And then it's also very sticky because you're, you know, our customers will, get more and more value from the system as they use it. So that, that's good for them, but it also makes it harder to, to of course, unplug the, the platform if you've used it for a while. Yeah, and then for, for our Series B, we, we got introduced to a firm called Iconic, and they're, they're a well-known software investor as well, of course, and, and they led our Series C and helped us really start focusing and shaping the U.S. North American go-to-market motion. And I would say sort of professionalize the, the company and the financial reporting and, and, and the metrics and, 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 and sort of all of the professionalism in the, in the go-to-market motion. And then for our Series C, you know, it's been a rough market last year. It was, it was a hard fundraising year, I guess, for, for most. We were... Very fortunate that that one of our existing investors with, with GGV were forward and proactive about doing a round. And it was it was really good timing for us. And overall, we didn't have to worry too much about the market turbulence and 
kind of have that opportunity to continue building the company. And we're very fortunate for that this year, because obviously the markets have just been more and more sour and probably fundraising has been even harder. So very, very fortunate about that journey and ultimately coming down to having the right investors on board that are truly aligned with the long-term vision and that really understands what we're building and why it's valuable and how a future world can look with a technology like this and understanding it's hard and capital intensive. So I think that's been, that's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that, that journey and the explaining that. And with that latest round, was this something where people are offering money, so we'll take it, or was it, we're in that scaling mode and we just need to continue to push capital into business, into the business to, to scale. Yeah, it was more the latter. Mm-hmm. And and we've also been we we also have been on this natural journey of of attracting more experienced talent for really important functions. So as we're looking to mature our sales motion, our marketing motion for North America, getting the right leaders in for those positions have been really important. So having having capital through these couple of years that is probably going to be rough. Is, is really important for people to, to take that chance, take that bet. And then also the CFOs at, at our customers, like we sell to, to large companies and they'll look at our balance sheet and am I going to run everything through this, this startup? Right? How's their balance sheets? Are they going to be here in two years? So it, it, it does matter for us to, to have a, a solid balance sheet and not be in, in uh, financial risk, I would say. It, it, it's important at yeah. the end of the day for the customers. So it was a little bit of all of those things together yeah. Um, yeah. that made it an easy choice. Yeah, I love that. Of course, yeah, CFOs also questioning, you know, I'm looking at your cash. So, so you've gone through seed, series A, series B, series C, a lot of fundraising experience. So for those other founders, founders listening right now, any lessons that you'd like to share that you've learned along that way, along that journey? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a, a lot. So, I mean, it, it, the the story matters definitely. But then you can sell. You can tell the same story to an investor that just don't get it, and you can tell the exact same story to an investor that really gets it. So, it's really important to find the the people that are aligned with your long term strategy. And I think knowing your long-term strategy, like we, we're on the exact same path and exact same mission and vision since we started. We, we, we have a very, like, this is how the world's going to look in 10, 15 years. And, and I, I think having that helps because then you can easier find someone that, that believes in that future, that believes in the same future as you. And then I think also if there are rough times, that doesn't change. Right? It's just going to be a couple of harder quarters and, and some rough decisions to get there, but the, the direction, it doesn't change. So one of my things have always been to try to, 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 to get really good people around the table. So the money is, is, is not as important as the people that you have on board and, and, and the partner that you're interacting with and the people on your board has been really important from a people perspective. So I think optimizing for people and the, the, investors that really understand and align and believe in a shared future. Those, those are the things that I've always tried to, to really optimize for. Okay. Yeah, no, I appreciate that insight. So as you scale the company right now and at your scale, 
there may not be one metric, but do you have a favorite number of metric that you're focused on? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably all of the obvious ones. A lot of them, uh, yeah. Yeah, all of the all of the obvious ones. Like you know, we we have we have some some implementation cycles that are that are longer sometimes. So we we talk about both CARR and ARR because mm -hmm. the ARR can be it, it, it is lagging because we can have two months, three months, six months implementation time, and and we can't always build a customer right away. So, so we, we look at CRR and ARR and increasingly efficiency numbers across the business. So that, that comes with both scale, but it also comes with the market being, being able to, to have the right cost base related to how much we're booking. So, I mean, in, in, in all honesty, that was less important earlier in the journey and also in the market that, that we're in, I think this goes for everyone. And I personally, one of my startups, we bootstrapped it for five years and, and, and then, then we had a VC investment. So I'm well familiar with running companies on, on very tight budgets and being very efficient and, and venture cap, too much venture capital isn't healthy for, for, for any company or, you know, too much venture capital at once is probably not healthy for any company. So I think there's a lot of focus overall on just capital efficiency across the, the business. And I think that's, that's, you know, that's great. So that, that's, that's it. We also, you know, we also think about value for our customer. So one of my favorite metrics is the autonomy level of our platform. So accuracies and the level of autonomy that we produce for the customers. So we have lots of analytics on the customers and that's front and center because at the end of the day, that's the value that they're paying for. And if that number is high and it grows over time, they are there, you know, it doesn't matter if a button is not where they want it or there's a little bit of, 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 of other things, you know, that people always have ideas for how your software can be better. And, and a lot of them are right. But if the, if the AI truly works and the AI really produces results uh, at a high accuracy, then at the end of the day, that's really, really important for the ROI that we've sold them on. So making customers happy and successful is, is, is always front and center. Yeah, I love that internal focus plus the external focus on your customers. So Alexander, really appreciate your time today. As we wrap up, what's coming up next for Vic AI? Yeah, I think it's it's it, it's so it's so much. One of the things we're really excited about is we, we just did a product launch, probably world's first AI-based purchase order matching capability, which is really significant for for enterprises. Um, so if you have a business using purchase orders, you have a rules-based or a template-based matching process. There is now an AI that can solve that, so that's really really huge for us. And we're also launching bill pay in, in, in the next quarter. So those are really big things for us in the AP part of our, our, our process. And, and after that, we've really spent six years building the world's best AI-based accounts payable process. So now we're broadening from there and we're doing adjacent accounting processes and, and on, on the journey to, to, to making it all be AI-based. 
That's great. Yeah, that's exciting. So I can't wait to watch your journey as you slowly expand into the entire accounting function. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. So Alexander, really appreciate your time today, sharing your story and your experience. If listeners would like to learn more about Vic AI, AI, where should we send them online? Yeah, straight to the straight to the website, Vic.ai. Vic.ai. All right. Well, perfect. Well, again, Alexander, really appreciate that. Love talking finance and accounting. Sounds like things are scaling up. So appreciate the insight and thanks for coming on. Beautiful, Ben. I'm a big fan of, of everything you do. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks a lot.